0: Most of us know how libraries have been embracing the world of digital information in every area of their services. We're told, though, that a new movement is underway at the other end of the spectrum. Across the United States, libraries of all types are experimenting with building collections of items that defy tradition and expectation. It's the Things Collection movement. From the public library lending guitars and cake pans to the academic library offering umbrellas and green screens, libraries are reimagining and reinventing their roles by making things available for circulation to their users. In contrast to the printed and audiovisual media so long associated with libraries, these things are not sought for their informational value. A Things Collection is defined by the editors of the study Audio Recorders to Zucchini Seeds Building a Library of Things as any collection of physical objects that serve a utilitarian purpose as tools, equipment, or goods that circulate beyond the walls of the library, that provide a cost-savings benefit to patrons by supplying something for which they have an existing need, that have an inherent appeal to patrons, and that defy standard processes for acquiring, cataloging, and circulation. Libraries have been providing patrons with practical information since long before DIY or do it yourself was a concept. Writing in 1920, one specialist asserted the value of the public library as lying in improving home life. Writing, By the circulation of books on house planning, building, and home decoration, impetus is given to the construction of improved houses. Books on cooking make a contribution to the well-being of the home. By the 1950s, libraries were collecting DIY books in significant numbers, supporting readers' attempts at everything from roofing to learning new sports and other subjects. The idea of do-it-yourself permeated book titles throughout the rest of the century, quickly expanding beyond the confines of home repairs to topics such as automotive maintenance, self-publishing, health, recreation, and finance. The Oosterhout Free Library in downtown Wilkes-Barre provides material and services for all residents of Luzerne County. As of July 6th of this year, appointments are no longer necessary to have contact with the library, And there are now regular hours, Mondays through Saturdays, at 71 South Franklin Street. Amber Loomis is Director of Development and Community Relations at the Oosterhout, and we had a chance to speak with her by phone about the library's history and adjusting to the pandemic in anticipation of London calling that's coming soon.
1: The Oosterhout Free Library has been around for about 132 years. And the organization has grown and grown into so much more than I think the starters of the organization have even envisioned it happening. So the ancestors of Isaac Oosterhout arrived in America before the Revolutionary War. And really, Isaac Oosterhout kind of founded the Oosterhout building. And he wanted to turn it into a library thanks to his love of books. So the Out Free Library officially opened its doors on January 29th in 1889. So we actually are the first library in Luzerne County to start a children's section. So the children's room, it opened up in 1904, and it was actually one of the first of its kind in the United States. And Ken Polak, actually, we constructed a whole new children's wing on the side of the building, and that was in 1982.
0: One of the things that's always captured my imagination in entering the library is that it's a fascinating building outside, and the inside makes it feel like it's full of excitement and mystery and surprises somehow.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think one of my favorite one of my favorite aspects of working at the library is just working inside the library. So it's just it's absolutely gorgeous. So you have all the stained glass windows, all the all the original windows, all the original marble flooring. There's a lot of character and a lot of history. And um, if you ever if you're ever in, in town, Erica, and you want to get a tour, Liz Caputo, our adult services coordinator, does a really great job giving tours of the library. So that's something that's always offered out to the public. So I just kind of want to put that out there. But again, the building is genuinely just such a beautiful building. A lot of history goes into the building, and it's really nice to see a lot of the original structures of the library that are still here.
0: And how has the library adapted to the world of digital information?
1: Oh, sure. Pre-COVID, you know, we had over 100 100,000 patrons that were coming in and out of the library each year. So when we had to close our doors, you know, obviously for the safety of the staff and for the safety of the community, the staff here is absolutely wonderful and really got up on, the, on their feet and adapted. So we were offering contactless pickup. We started the cloud library. So you're able to go right into the cloud and download books and audiobooks and all sorts of great, great resources that way. We had virtual story times. Laura here at the library, who I just adore, she worked really hard to put together make-and-take crafts. So individuals were able to kind of stop at the, you know, the entrance of the library and take these make-and-take crafts home to do with, you know, do themselves, do with their children, do with their grandchildren, and all of this was obviously free. We had grab-and-go-after snacks that were made for kids. We had um, e booking programs. We started Science Saturdays. We started taking library card applications online and we also worked really hard on doing a lot of virtual programs and home kits. So while we are back and open to the public and, you know, working under normal circumstances here at the Oosterhout, we do have a lot of patrons that honestly just love the contactless book pickup. So we we kept that. And we basically kept everything that I just mentioned. So it just makes it a lot easier too. They can kind of give us a call or go online and reserve the resources, whether it's a book or a DVD or an audiobook, and they can just kind of schedule a pickup time and come in and grab it and they don't have to wait or they don't have to browse. You know, we want to just respect everyone's take and feelings when it comes to COVID, right? So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of individuals out there who aren't super worried, but there's also a lot that are, and there's a lot of people that have lingering health conditions. So, We just want to make sure that we're able to keep everyone safe and everyone comfortable and also make sure that we're able to provide those services to our community members under each and every circumstance possible.
0: In good times and maybe still now, you have been the site and home for book discussion groups, right?
1: Yeah, and actually we recently had WVIA at the Oostrad. It was actually the first in-person event that we had inside the library after we opened our doors you know, after all the pandemic craziness. So what, once we were able to kind of open back up and get back into the full swing of things, we were so excited to have a little Hemingway book discussion here at the library with your very own Chris Norton. So that, like I said, that was our first event we had here at the library since we reopened our doors. And it was just such a joy to have Chris here and to have patrons and community members come in to discuss the one and only Hemingway. And I think it's just, again, just getting people in the library. And of course, like I mentioned before, you know, we're going to continue with the virtual services and contactless pickup, and we want to continue those services. Obviously, we hope and pray that COVID comes to an end soon. We just want everyone to be able to resume their lives and to feel safe and to be healthy. But in the meantime, it, it has been nice to have individuals back into the library again. And one thing that I'd like to talk about, too, is something that a lot of us realize working here at the library, especially during the height of the pandemic, is that a lot of individuals in Luzerne County do not have access to the internet. So when they weren't able to come into the library to access the internet, that was one of those services that we weren't able to really provide to them virtually. You know, how do we give members of Luzerne County access to the internet without having devices? So we started fundraising and brainstorming and we were able to start purchasing mobile hotspots. So Now patrons are able to come into the library. All they need is a library card, and they're able to check out these mobile hotspots just like they would a book and bring those mobile hotspots home with them so they can access the Internet, you know, whether it's just for fun and pleasure. But a lot of patrons are really appreciating those services because they're able to take those hotspots home, get schoolwork done with their children, apply for jobs, update their unemployment status, apply for health insurance. We had an individual comment came in earlier this summer that was just so grateful to be able to have this hot spot because you know she was sending her first child to college and she was able to get all the information she needed get the FAFSA applications submitted in a timely fashion. So they really are popular and they're always off the shelves. They are literally never sitting on the shelves. So right now we're in the process of fundraising to raise more money so we can get more hotspots to meet that need.
0: Have you noticed in the course of the pandemic, were people running for the light reading or were they going to medical books? Could you tell, were there any trends during the pandemic?
1: Um, Well, one of the trends I really noticed and it's not so much book-related, but we really had an uptick in our Library of Things collection. So the Library of Things collection can be anywhere from the hotspots to acoustic guitars to board games, but a lot of families were checking out board games. That way, you know, they didn't want to have their children just sitting in front of the TV all day. They wanted to do some, like, fun educational activities with them, and Well, programs like WVIA, especially for kids, Sesame Street, Curious George, Dinosaur Train, you know, there's so many wonderful educational programs that are available on PBS and WVIA. They wanted to, you know, just kind of try to keep the kids, you know, not on their mobile devices as much. So they were coming in, checking out board games and all sorts of fun activities that they're able to do with their kids. So we saw a huge uptick in those and again, going back to the library of things, we had people taking up different hobbies, like going camping and trying out the acoustic guitar. So they were able to come and check out a tent or check out an acoustic guitar and kind of try that out and see if that's something they're interested in. Hey, do we really, are we really interested in camping? Is that something we want to keep doing? And they were able to kind of try that out, get that tent, you know, which isn't a super cheap item to get, Right. So try it out, see if it's something that they're interested in before they went out and made the investment in a tent or something like an acoustic guitar. So I think that's one of the things that we really noticed an uptick in. And I will say, too, uh, definitely medical books for sure. You know, people were coming in, checking out books or not coming in, but you know, doing the contactless pickup and wanting to read up on vitamins and clean eating. And so it was definitely a really interesting, huge, different array of upticks that we saw here at the library during the pandemic.
0: And we always know, and it sounds almost like a cliché, but we say it here at WVIA that we take people on voyages, we take people around the world, and so forth. And so do libraries. So does the Oosterhout Library. You have books from every corner of the world. You have DVDs and all those things. And you're celebrating a special part of the world in the beginning of September.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. So we're celebrating London. So we have our Great London Calling Gala and Auction that's quickly approaching. It's actually our online silent auction, and that kicks off on... September 7th and it goes through the 10th Um, there's no cost to participate anyone can participate even from home but again it opens at 12 noon on Tuesday September 7th and closes at 10pm on Friday September 10th all you have to do is go to oosterhout.info and you can get all the information there to pre-registered And you can also enter for your chance to win a cash raffle. So there's a lot going on. And there's over over 100 items that are going to be up for grabs. So there's something for everyone. There's little local getaways, like taking your kids to Roba's family farms, um, going to Hershey Park. There's tons of wine packages. Honestly, there's so much. (laughs) There's so much. And there's also tons of really wonderful London-themed packages, like keys and books and oh, there's just, there's just so much going on. So we have that. And then our in-person event is happening on September 10th, and that's going to be a completely London-themed event. It actually sold out in a matter of three days, which was fantastic. But I also felt awful having to turn people away because it sold out so quickly. So just kind of want to put it out there, you know, if you're not able to come to the in-person event on the 10th, you are able to participate in the online silent auction. But other than that, it's really a great way to kind of get a feel for London right you can't right now you know travel there's so many travel restrictions and so it's just kind of a nice way to get into that little London that London theme we also have lists put together on our website with movie and tv show suggestions that fit that London that London feel and we have tons of book suggestions that fit that London feel as well
0: Downton Abbey didn't take place in London but it's not far away so Downton
1: Abbey is on that list (laughs) So, um, yeah, Downton Abbey, Sherlock Holmes, there's a lot of amazing shows right on WVIA that fit right in with that London theme as well. And I will say, too, Erica, I wanted to mention that we do have a lot of patrons that come in and see programs on WVIA and will reference that when they come in looking for a DVD or a book.
0: That's what we love to hear, cross-fertilization, that's what it should be, don't you think?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and like I said, I think it's just like that really nice reminder that we're all, you know, just all like, need to do a better job at working together, right, and supporting one another, all the organizations in the community. We're all, you know, after the, after the same thing, really, it's just, you know, improving the lives of those we serve.
0: Amber Loomis, Director of Development and Community Relations at the Oosterhout Free Library, 71 South Franklin Street in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Speaking with us about the history of the library, about the accommodations made in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, and about the London Calling events coming up the 7th through 10th of September. Now, we heard the in-person event is sold out, but she's encouraging us to go online and explore what's available in the silent auction online. And all you need to do to find out more about anything related to the Oosterhout is oosterhout.info, www.oosterhout.info. And we laughed, Amber and I, about the spelling of Oosterhout. You may not guess. It's O-S-T-E-R-H-O-U-T, O-S-T-E-R-H-O-U-T.info. And they are very excited to participate in the Things collections that are taking place across the country in libraries. So you can rent a tent and rent an acoustic guitar in addition to taking out books and exploring wonderful materials on hand at the Oosterhout Free Library, 71 South Franklin Street in Wilkes-Barre, London Calling, September 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Oosterhout.info.